This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Daniel McDonalds. How's it going, my friend? Ah, uh, Super J Cast time. We're ready to go. We got ourselves amped up on a uh, for me again Monday morning. Boy, I woke up, Joel, and I was like, "Woo! I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a show. I'm so fucking tired." But yet, you, you get my juices flowing. You get you get the uh, <laughs> you get the uh, uh, the blood pumping. You should be in another line of business, uh, if that's the case. But yes, I'm ready to go. Super J cast once again, and we had a pretty fun week with some couple shows and news and everything to get you rocking and rolling to uh, tickle that New Japan fandom that you all have. I'm going to start off with an argument I've been having oh. with some people online, Damon. This is actually taking place on the Super Jcast Discord, where oh, no. uh, when I was on holiday in New York, I visited this very uh, critically acclaimed tacos establishment called Los Tacos Number no. 1. Yeah. And I thought it was delicious. I uploaded some photos. And the, the taco gatekeepers on our Discord, so I'm not going to name any names, but you know who you are, were saying, like, oh, those tacos look like shit. What's that green stuff? Oh, you got to come to this place and have a real taco. Uh, that looks horrible. And they were taco shaming me, Damon. Oh, no. And, yeah. Love I don't it. know why I decided to bring that up, but it, it just it got me on, like, a, a Mexican food fix. And tonight, actually, just about a couple of hours before we started recording the show, I tried, for the first ever time, tamales. And they're really good. Yeah? Okay. Nice. I like that. I like that. Um, first of all, let's, let's address the taco situation. So those tacos are relatively inexpensive. Um, and as far as like a quick fix, eat, you know, you're in New York City, you, you got things to do, you just want to shove something down your throat. They're good. They are good because I've had them. They're, 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 they're tasty. Now, the picture that you sent, I, I remember the picture. Uh, looked like baby food on top of the fucking top. I get it. <laughs> it. It did not look good, so I'll give him that. But. Right. Okay, so from a picture standpoint, okay, fine. Um, and yes, the people that are shaming you, Joel, I mean, they live in, in you know, you can get some of the best in the world down there. Texas. Right. I live in fucking China. I'm not used to <laughs> seeing what a proper taco looks like, right. you know? Right. Come on down to Houston and get some. Well, all right. Great. I'll be more than happy to when I'm in Houston. Um but in the meantime, I'm going to get the best I can possibly get here uh, for the price. Well, really, it was like probably like five bucks you spent, right? For like three of them. Right. Uh, yeah. It's a fast food place. You know, you're in and out of there in a matter of minutes. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you're not there for a gourmet experience with the you know, presentation that you're going to stick on Instagram with all your filters and all that bullshit. Right. Right. But they're made with real meat, right? And, uh, uh, real cheeses and fresh tortilla and uh, the whole nine yards. So it, it's, uh, you know, for where you are in the middle of Manhattan, where everything is, you know, a, a can of soda is $7. Uh, it's You get three of them. Uh, they're good. They're tasty. And I'm not shaming you at all. Now, again, 
It's not like you took those and took them down to wherever, you know, uh, San Antonio or what, what have you, and said, hey, look at these great tacos I've got. These are the fucking great. No, you're not saying that. These were good at the time. Uh, and I think they should, uh, I think they owe you an apology, Joel. That's what I think. I think you are in the right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking with the spicy food tip, I recently ordered a Carolina Reaper chili on the, uh, this Chinese shopping service called Taobao, which some of you may know is the world's hottest chili. Yeah. So I've got this Carolina Reaper sitting in my fridge now. Oh, no. Damon, I don't know what to do with it. I'm oh, scared. You're going to eat them right now. You're going to eat it right now. Can you eat it right now? No, I'll die. No, I'll, I'll definitely eat it right now. die. Eat it right now live on this fucking show. That's what you're going to do. That's I'll what have the to build up to it. Possib- possibly next week. I could what? be persuading to doing it next week. <laughs> next week. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Can we get donations to our red bubble thing? Can we get donations? If we hit, What's the number red we circle. have to hit? Red circle. Red bubble is the t-shirt one. I don't want oh, anyone yeah. giving money to red bubble. Don't give anything to red bubble. Please do not give a cent to red bubble. Red circle. Um... If we get donations, would you do it next week? If we get which, what's the number we have to hit? Uh, well, have I got to do it at the start of the show? Because if I do it at the start of the show, then I might yeah. not be able to continue. No, it'd be toward the end. It would have to be toward the end. What what's do you think would be a reasonable amount? Hundred dollars in total. Uh, listen, for a hundred dollars, if you can get a hundred dollars. You, ha- you would have to eat it live on the show, and we need videotape proof, like like some type of Instagram stream or video or whatever. You know, We'll figure that out to show that it actually went down your throat hot. Um, have I got to eat all the seed, like everything? you got to eat the fucking pepper. You don't nibble on it. There's no – got to take the pepper, put it in your mouth, bite, swallow, a couple chews be nice, down, down the throat. Hundred bucks. Okay, so we need proof of this. All right, so if you donate to this, you've got to what do a screen screenshot of your donation on yeah Red Circle. Yeah, with, that's the uh, only way we're going to be able. Yeah, that's the only way we're going to Carolina we Reaper fun <laughs> copy of today's newspaper. Right, right. Um, copy of today's yeah Reddit roast me. Um, you yeah what yes so get a screenshot of it you know blah blah whatever we got to do um, to to, to have proof that you gave because we don't know that's the problem so like when when you donate we don't know in advance with the individuals who who donate to the show so you know we just want to make sure you get credit we'll read off your names we'll do all that but if we get a hundred bucks i want joel to eat that fucking pepper that it's a ghost pepper right holy shit oh no no it's way hotter than a ghost pepper what is this what is is the one now it's called a carolina reaper carolina reaper Holy shit. All right. It's like a million and a half Scovilles. That's the... I should look up, compared to a ghost chili, what the Scoville rating is. All right. So it's, you're going to fucking die. So literally... I will die, yeah. <laughs> That'll be the end of the podcast. Right, right. So donate um, if we can get 100 bucks. 100 bucks is nothing. We can get... I mean, if everybody just chipped in a buck, we could, we could do this. Uh, again, Joel, next week, we'll eat it live on the air and we'll find a way to videotape it just to make sure that he's doing what he's doing. Uh, it'll be hilarious and great. And, and you get all the money. I don't want a dime. I don't want a fucking dime of it. If you do it, you get the hundred bucks. Okay. So according to these charts, I'm looking at ghost pepper is 
a million scovilles. Carolina Reaper is one and a half million. So it's yeah, significantly hotter than that. But uh, uh, yeah. Oh, this is exciting. I, I wasn't. Exactly. I shouldn't have brought this up. <laughs> have you ever done it before? No. Oh my god. So you don't even know what you're in for. No. I'm. I'm really scared now. Oh, this, this is like the Cartwheel Death Match all over again. <laughs> the, the head shaving thing. I gotta talk. To, I got. I, I. You know what. I might just just pop down a credit card and be like, you know what, just do it. And if I get the money, pay no, me. it can't be you did it. That's not fair. <laughs> I might just put down the fucking credit card and be like, look, whatever money we get, I'll pay it off. I got to see. I I I, I kind of want to see this. I want to see this. Like, I want to see if you could do it. Do you think you'd throw up? I kind of think that I would ha- have to, if not throw up, like make myself throw up afterwards because. From what I've heard, the worst part about it are the stomach cramps you're going to get afterwards. The actual eating of it is going to be painful, yeah, but that, you know, 20 minutes later, you're going to be fine. Uh, I don't, I don't want to be up all night with, like, excruciating belly pains. Uh, belly pains? You better worry about that little asshole of yours, my man. <laughs> Exa- and that too, yeah. <laughs> that thing's going to be on fire. Holy moly. Um, okay. Listen, we got to find a way. Our, our listeners, look, you might not want a fucking T-shirt. You might not want, you know, whatever, but you want you, you might want to see Joe eat a fucking pepper. <laughs> right? You you're all a bunch of sickos. Uh, I, I think of, I should get a shout out on live on New Japan World for one of these World Tag League shows as well. Yeah, yeah, Cap, yeah Cap. <laughs> I'm pushing my luck. <laughs> well, listen, I, I we could we could you know we could hit up uh, you know Chris and Kevin and Gino and see if we can see if we can make that happen. Uh, but I can't guarantee. But I think I think our listeners can chip in. A hundred bucks is all we need total. Let's fucking do this next week. We need it by a week, so you yeah. got to get in. That Wanna- is the price of my dignity. Right, our, right. We are whores. Um, why don't Joe, Joel? Why don't you tell them where you can go to to donate to this wonderful cause that we don't have a name for. It's called Joel's Extermination at this point. Uh, <laughs> the, the removal of Joel's lower intestine is what we call it. Um, right. for this I'm trying to think fund. of something catchy, but you can go to redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast and hit the donate button and send some money our way uh, towards my impending demise. Nice. This is going to be good. All right. So let's make this happen. I'm excited for it. We'll keep, we'll remind you throughout the week on the Twitter box. And uh, yeah, I cannot. I, I, I honestly, I'm excited for it. This is going to be good. All right, Joel. You, but you like the hot foods, though. You you're, you do pretty good with hot foods. But this is this is off the charts hot. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes next week. You get, get the money rolling in, people. Uh, let's move on then to an equally spicy issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're talking. Kenny's done a thing. So, this is from Wrestling Observer. And I quote When Kenny Omega went to Japan for the DDT show, he was stopped going into the country. It's the third time this has happened since he left New Japan. Something happened where there was an attempt to get him banned from going to Japan for 10 years. He didn't get in. Oh, sorry, he did get in, like he has every time, and worked the show. But he was very bitter about New Japan and Nick Jackson made a cryptic tweet about New Japan. Suffice to say, feelings are very bad right now with them, even though Jericho is going to the Tokyo Dome since he has a separate deal. Nothing has been said regarding John Moxley at the Tokyo Dome, but there are still two months to go. So 
couple of questions here. Ben Drake on Twitter says, who's seen more ghosts, Kenny Omega or Sam Darnold? Bill Dixon says, who would win in a lights out match, Kenny Omega or Bushiro management? Damon, what do you make of this? Well, the, the Sam Darnold one is pretty funny. Uh, there was That's a, uh, an NFL quarterback who uh, had a rough uh, week one week, and uh, he made a quote that it felt like he was seeing ghosts with the, the amount of uh, times he was getting hit. He was so scarred back there. Um, I think this is unbelievably unbelievable nonsense, to be quite honest. Unbelievable nonsense. Um, I'm sorry that Kenny has been inconvenienced at uh, the airports, but, uh, you know, not for nothing, people get stopped all the time. And it's it, it is a random thing. I, I I find it very difficult to believe that anyone at any level at New Japan would take the time and have the influence to be able to call <laughs> immigration services and say, "Hey, there's going to be a guy uh, that's coming through, and keep an eye out for him." And hold them up, but don't you know? You can let them in, but just just make his life inconvenienced a little bit. Come on, does does anybody believe this to be true? I find this well. There's a tweet from Kenny says one day I'm going to have a lot of wild stories to tell about my 2019 that a lot of people won't want to believe, but the truth is actually way worse than what's been rumored and slash or reported. Until then, one day until hashtag AW Full Gear. So managed to do a, a tiny bit of promotion for the wrestling match yet yeah, 24 hours later. But uh, well, those, those are the words from the horse's mouth himself. Um, I mean, some people, Damon, would tell you that historically New Japan have done some quite shady, sketchy things and flexed their political muscles to uh, you know do stuff that we might raise an eyebrow at. In the 80s? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right under a totally, it was a. I mean, Anoki was a fucking superstar, and he parlayed that into political power. I mean, wow, we have a we have a president that kind of did the same. Just saying, uh, it's it, yeah, it's. I mean, a completely different time and space. Joel, on a scale of one to ten, do you honestly believe? Here's the thing: I don't even think that there's any level of heat from the New Japan side. Like, do you think New Japan gives a fuck? Like, why? I mean, it makes no sense. Do you honestly think that there's anybody in that office that's like, let me turn the screws once again to Kenny Omega at all? I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I don't think they're looking at their two cards for Wrestle Kingdom January 4th and January 5th thinking... Oh, if only we'd had Kenny Omega on this thing. Let's fuck with him some more. Right. I mean, I know... Look. It's, I will say this. I will say this in Kenny Omega's defense. That, again, I don't know. And I don't know his personal situation and what m- might be going on behind the curtain with this company trying to fuck him over. That I can't, I don't know to what degree. So he's saying it, okay, great. On the surface, I find it very difficult to believe that it is anywhere near as dramatic as he's making it turn out to be. I truly believe they don't care. There's not one person that we talk to that, that like, yeah, we're, we're fucking turning the screws. To, you know, it's like nothing. 
Now, there might be people that that don't necessarily like him, wouldn't go out for a beer with him, uh, might find him to be annoying, annoying or dramatic or a diva or whatever. There, there could be, right? There could be those people. And that's fair because you get that in any place that you work. I'm sure there's people where you work, Joel, that don't particularly like you. And I know there's people where I work that fucking don't like me. Uh, And sometimes we might have a tendency to blow that up in our own heads. Okay. He's saying he's been stopped at the fucking airport three times in 2019. Three times. What does that mean, stopped? Like, stopped to say, hey, why are you here? What are you doing? What's going on? Can I look in your luggage? Can you come in this room? We got yeah, some they, questions. They made him take his phone out of his pocket and put it in a tray. And he had to walk through this thing. And they had these <laughs> these detector things that they was yeah. sweeping over him. Yeah. It was obscene. Unbelievable. Made him take, you had to put your fingerprints in the little thing, right? Terrible. Yeah, and then looked look- at his passport. They were looking at his face to check that it matched up with a photograph on the passport. If That's terrible. That. That's terrible. That's terrible. I mean, I mean, like, okay. Like, I... So the normal go through customs when you when you get to Japan. I mean, everybody obviously everyone is, has to do that. But even above that, I've had I've been t- pulled out of the line, and then, you know, after a fourteen hour fucking flight, you know, not necessarily something that you necessarily want to do. But I was a lucky number, and guess how many times I was a lucky number? More than, like every time it feels like every time. Um, it just is what it is, and if you just roll with it, you roll with it. And I, I, I again. Nine times out of ten, it's something to do with the paperwork or something not aligning with the passport or something, you know. And 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 I'll be the first to admit, it's me. I'm a dope. I can't fill out a fucking form because I'm an idiot. Um, and, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll miss something or skip something. It's every time. Just what happens. But, again, there's, there are people there. That's their job is to, is to do that. If he's insinuating that the company is telling – Immigration, who has literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people rolling through there each and every day. It is a major airport. This is not fucking Toledo Airport. Fucking the bi- one of the biggest international hubs in the world. I-, I just find it a little bit... Wow, that that New Japan would would... Have that type of stroke. And people are going to be like, well, Bushi Road's a million-dollar company. You know how many million-dollar companies there are in Japan? Oh, my goodness gracious. But, okay. Look, I, 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 I will say this. I look forward to hearing all the stories about your 2019. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. I look forward to hearing all the stories of, of, of the 2019 that Kenny has had and that uh, New Japan is is the uh, one cracking the whip, so to speak. Yeah, that's the thing. If it, they genuinely have done something awful, I want to hear about it. Just yes. stop being so vague. Just tell us what happened. Give us some proof if you got it. And then, you know, if there is proof, then we'll bury New Japan. Well, f- fuck it. I mean, if it is as bad as he says it is. But, I mean, I, I asked around to find out about this issue, and I'm told that you can get citizenship in Japan if you live there for five years. You just need to be able to hold a conversation, like just read some basic Japanese 
And apparently it's easier to get the citizenship than it is to get the permanent residency, the green cards, because that requires 10 years in the country or being married to a Japanese person for three years. But one of the qualifications for becoming a naturalized uh, citizen is that you have to live there, you have to work there, which, of course, Kenny Omega doesn't anymore. And I mean, you can't, the the country can't uh, retroactively revoke the citizenship if Kenny does leave the country. I mean, there was some speculation that maybe Kenny kept his old passport, but Japan doesn't allow dual citizenship. So if you do become a Japanese citizen, you have to forfeit your old nationality if you do naturalise and suspect that Kenny didn't do that. Although we don't know, we're just speculating here. But again, a lot of people guessing he just didn't do the paperwork correctly when he went to work full time in the States. Um, WH Park put out a really informative thread about this kind of stuff, but it's just the, the vague subtweeting bullshit the only person that serves are the the kenny omega diehard fans who are just gonna believe his narrative anyway and just all throughout this whole thing which i found the funniest is his complete failure to promote the upcoming match with john moxley which i thought was ridiculous there was you know not a mention of the fact that he's got this massive uh death match blood feud coming up with mox he's just bitching about new japan with these you know vague things on twitter it's just ridiculous so like i said it's a really explosive claim if there's some substance to it, tell us exactly what happened. And if you if you can, give us some proof. And until we get that, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah, it is nonsense. Um, but I mean, listen, he, he told Dave, right? Um, and Dave, Dave, Dave apparently has zero problem just churning it out, the, the PR machine. Uh, it, that, that's the one thing that I just uh, – that's, that's tough for me right now because it does feel like it is just – that like it's 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 not a lot of reporting but a lot of he told me this so i'm just going to put it in the in the in the observer and i'm not going to tell him how to how to rate his i, I listen i wanted to be be very clear I, and again i say it every time i subscribe to the observer and i've subscribed for years and on and off i've subscribed since the 80s um, so, and I appreciate his work and I appreciate everything that he has done for this business and continues to do. I just think that it's blatantly obvious that this is Kenny kind of spilling, you know, the, not, not even spilling his guts, just kind of just, <laughs> I, I don't know. It just, I, like, it seems like two guys at a bar and one guy's having a rough time and he's going to just spill his guts over a couple of beers about the hardships that he's had over this breakup. And it's, and it's dare I say kind of pathetic at this point. Cause I, cause I don't see it on the other side. Like the other side, I don't see them pining as much and he's pining and I don't know why he's pining. You, you, you are in a promotion where you are arguably top star, one of the top stars, and and you have your creative freedom that you so desperately wanted, and your fans followed you, and you know because you can see by the gates, well, you know why he's you know he didn't follow him. That's what I think. Oh, rankles is that what it is? Is it the broken yeah, heart? You know, yeah, he's upset. Ibushi didn't follow him, and he's also probably his, his pride has been stung that he didn't get the call for Wrestle Kingdom. You know, he's seen this tournament thing shaping out and he's seen Hiromu coming back and all the other exciting things that are happening. And he realizes that he is not wanted or needed there. And maybe he's that upsets him a bit. Do you, I mean, 
Do you think that? I mean, I, I you've seen Jericho get the call. You know, more than likely, Mox is going to yeah. be on that show. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, but he did it to himself. You know what I mean? Like this is this didn't just happen. It didn't have to happen this way. You know, like he he made a choice. He's an adult. I can't. Here's what enrages me. I can't believe it's fucking November 11th, and we're still talking about this guy. And it's like he's become our new Shinsuke Nakamura. Where, where it, felt, it felt like I would go through shows every fucking show. We were talking about Shinsuke Nakamura, and but here's the reason why we were talking about Shinsuke Nakamura because. We all were like, uh, we're not going to get that guy that we saw before. And I hope he's happy and I hope he's making money and WWE's going to ruin him, blah, blah, blah. We talk about Kenny because he's got a broken heart. I'm like, I had to, uh, and his feelings are hurt. This is what this is all about. I'm talking about a fucking adult whose feelings are hurt. What the fuck is the world coming to? I'm, we're talking about tweets. I sound like Ellen Iverson. We're talking about tweets, not matches, not what's going on in the ring, not angles. Tweets. I'm talking about fucking bullshit in an observer. Not not nothing interesting. And it's everybody. And we're, we're 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 not the only ones that are are, are guilty on this. Everybody. Enough. I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. It's uh, he's not coming back. He uh, let's 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 address it all the way through. People, he's not coming back for the near future. Can we just let it go? Can we just let it go? I know we're we're the ones talking about it. We're the ones bringing it. We should let it go. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. We're doing it to ourselves here. We're doing it to ourselves. We're masochists. But but you know what I mean? It's like our Discord, uh, Twitter, every other fucking you know. It's it just it's it's boggles the mind. It boggles the fucking mind that we're talking about a grown man's feelings, uh, and 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 how he feels that a company is just turning the screws, and it's just I'm over it. I'm really over it. Well, Damien, this is purely speculation on my behalf, but I think I know the real reason why immigration officials wouldn't let him in. Really? What's that? Yeah. It was the state of his pubic hair. <laughs> because, you know, they always check when you go to Japan. Everyone knows that. Really? But apparently, his was an absolute dog's dinner down there. There uh, Feathers, there was uh, an Okada dollar, there were several Undertale characters running around in there. I, I guess he just let it all go after the, the breakup with New Japan and Ibushi and all that. I mean, just look at the crazy stuff he was doing with Mox yesterday. I mean, do you think that's a guy who's taking care of his private parts? That's he doesn't even take care of his health. So it's no surprise that his cock and balls were, let's be frank here, an absolute disgrace. Well, but, Damon, you and the listeners needn't have that problem. No, 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 not at all. Listen, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let it be known. I will have no problems if that's the case crossing uh, into uh, the uh, Tokyo airspace because my friend, and you as well, my friend, we are covered. And why that is, of course, our good friends at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Let me tell you something. The reviews 
uh, are rolling in. I don't know if you saw any of these reviews that we got, uh, Joel, from some from some listeners. I don't know, you know, I have names, but a, a Dave M from San Jose wrote us. Yeah, I don't get, I don't give credit to the Super Jcast for any New Japan news they break, but I gotta give them six stars for letting me in on Manscape.com. Listen, I agree. I don't know who that Dave is, but uh, great job by him, Harold M from Tokyo. Uh, I pretend <laughs> I, I, I pretended that ball grooming didn't exist, just like the Super J cast. But I can't ignore it anymore, just like the Super J cast. Again, great job, Harold M. I, again, they keep rolling in constantly, Joel. And why? Well, first of all, it's twenty percent off. Twenty percent off that you, a fine listener of this fine New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, you get twenty percent off. Free shipping as well. And all that you have to do is type in that code SUPERJCAST at manscaped.com. Again, Joel, we talk about that clipper, that 2.0 lawnmower. New and improved. Not a nick to be had. Not a cut to be had on a very, very sensitive area. Uh, once again, that shave, or excuse me, that shower gel. I love it. it, it here's what I hate about a, a shower gel. Are you a shower gel kind of guy, Joel? Very much so, yeah. Very much so. I hate a shower gel that doesn't lather. I need a lather. I hate non-lathering shower gels. No problem here. Manscaped took care of that, and it smells fantastic. But again, it's the ace in the hole. It's the uh, it's the ace up the sleeves is that uh, fine cream deodorant that you have, uh, Manscaped, that does the trick. I'm telling you what, they're lined up around the block. To just get a whiff of my nuts. <laughs> I tell you, I got to fight them off. It's unbelievable. Uh, you could choose. Ladies, can't wait to pull the V trigger on your one eyed yeah. angel. <laughs> That's right. I'm telling you what, I'm going to have a booth at the Tokyo Dome, and I'm going to let I'm going to, it's going to be like a kissing booth. Everybody just gets in line, pays a dollar, and they can just, I can just rest them right on their chin. It'll be wonderful. You too can have this wonderful experience. The holidays are right around the corner where manscaped.com, manscaped.com, Super JCast is the code. You get 20% off, you get free shipping. And you get the loveliness knowing how groomed and well taken care of you are. Not only do it for yourself, here's the real reason, you're doing it for others. So others can uh, like treat your private areas like it's their last meal. That's what you're looking for, right? You want them to be ravenous on it, and they certainly will with Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com is where you need to go. 20% off, free shipping. Code Super Jcast. Just going to play devil's advocate here. We've got a question from Mixelplex on our Discord. It says, I couldn't help but have a wildly different take from you guys on the Omega Undertale video from Dynamite, which we discussed last week. Maybe I'm an optimist, but where you felt the video was being extra or perhaps bitter and taking shots, I saw a love letter from Kenny to friends that he desperately oh. loves and misses. I love Kenny, love Ibushi, love New Japan. Well, I'm sure Omega has personal shortcomings, as do we all. I guess I just saw a wish for cooperation as opposed to competition here from the heart of an artist whose work has made my life more enjoyable. And I I couldn't live with the thought that the world seeming to be assuming that he was just being petty. Do you think this might be possible? I would have said yes, possibly, until we got this nonsense in the Observer. So that's put that to bed. Okay, he's not fucking Paul McCartney writing love songs to Linda. Okay, can we? He's a pro wrestler. 
I, I, I'm sorry. I just think that... Uh, just, uh, do, do, does anybody really... Uh, you know what? I'm at a loss for we, words. We've probably pissed off so many people with half an hour of this nonsense. Let's move right, on then. Right. Uh, but, but, but here's my point. Okay, so he has this, this platform, and he's going to use it not to promote a match. He's going to use it to just take jabs at a, at a former company. I don't know. I'm just... And I know... Uh, look... I know everybody got their 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 fucking cock hard when they when it came to like the CM Punk interview and the the, the Moxley interview and everybody kind of lo- loved that meaty thing where he's shitted on his former employer and blah blah blah. Just do that again. Enough with the passive aggressive stuff. Enough with the the, the little little. Wink, winks to you know, and little elbows inside. If you got something to say, just say it. Just fucking say it. Um, that's it. That's that's all I got to say. Okay. The next thing I wanted to touch on is the Lions Break Project Two, which is coming up December seventh and eighth in Anaheim, California, Anaheim Convention Center. And we've got some new recruits for the dojo. Uh, We have Barrett Brown, who's 25 years old. He's a nine-year veteran, uh, likely to be a junior given his five-foot-six-inch frame. Former NWA junior champ. We have Mysterioso, the son of the original, who's an eight-year veteran, 25 years old, six-foot-one, so likely to be a heavyweight. And we have the Regal twins, Logan and Sterling, who have four years' experience, Five foot nine, high flyers in the same vein as the Bucks. And there's a really good video by Octopus Stretch on YouTube where he gives a lot more information about these four guys. So um, good, exciting prospects there for these shows coming up. Worth keeping an eye on. That's the key, right? So again, one of the reasons why we have a New Japan America is for that, you know, and and to find talent, to help grow talent. Um, and then again, they can decide if they're going to uh, dojo in Tokyo, if they're going to uh, sit and get brutalized by Shibata, whatever the case may be. Um, and again, it just op- it it helps find those nuggets um, where they think, hey, these guys have the potential to be stars. Um, and to me, that's having that feeder system and having that developmental system and having that, um, I guess, you know, farm club for lack of a better term, to be able to pick from, that's important because you you want to be able to train them in in the style and the fashion that you feel is the best. And two, you just want to have them, you know, kind of in that farm system, being groomed, learning how to be a pro wrestler in and out of the ring. And then uh, hopefully they they blossom and then uh, you've you've done good work. That's that's the key because they're not you, you can't. I, I'm never a big a huge fan of uh, the the cherry picking when they're already prob- pretty pretty honed and pretty skilled and pretty uh, pretty much made a name for themselves like other companies will do. They, uh, they th- those days are over with the amount yeah. of competition that there is. You can't do that anymore. Right, right. That that's that you can see. There's not a lot out there anymore. So uh, yeah, this is a good thing and and good for New Japan. Love it. 
There are other wrestlers announced for this. So Ishimori's going to be there. Taguchi, Rocky, El Desperado, Kanemaru, as well as Connors, Coglin, Carl Fredericks. And at the same expo, there's also going to be a stardom match with Mayu Iwatani and Tam Nakano facing Sumi Sakai and Nicole Savoy. Uh, it's not been made clear yet if this is going to be part of the Lions Break Project 2 or separate from it. But just I think we're going to see more things like that in the future where when... We have New Japan stuff coming stateside, expositions, this kind of stuff. It's going to be alongside, if not meshed with stardom things. Yeah. And I and again, I don't uh, – I'm all for it 100%. You, you own the company? Let's, let's, let's get them on shows as well. I think it's, I think it's a wonderful idea. Um, get more eyeballs on a product and uh, I, I get them work. Right, get them get them in a ring in front of a crowd. That's that's an important factor too that we all seem to forget um, to make them better uh, than they already are. So, yep, all for it. Love it, one hundred percent. And checking in with some of our young lines, we had a match with Shota Umino against Carl Fletcher in RevPro New Beginnings, and Shota is decked out in new gear, pink yeah. gear. What did you think of it, Damon? I liked it actually. I really did. I liked it a lot. Um, it is it is a little bit fascinating to see how far they uh they go away from the black tights. I I always kind of get a small interest to see what they wind up wearing. I don't know why cuz it, it it it's um I don't know. It, it kind of lets them express themselves and lets them kind of get a little glimpse of what we might see in the future. Maybe. Um so I do kind of I do kind of keep a watchful eye out for them. I liked it. I thought it was good. Good for him. Um He's 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 uh he's latched onto that shooter nickname. I like that. Uh, so yeah, I know, and 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 we got some pretty good reports, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for his first match. He looked good. Everybody was excited to see him. Um, yeah, I, and I think Rev Pro is going to be a nice place for him. Um, yeah, I think everybody's excited for that one. I wonder if he's going to go full shooter and attack Kevin Kelly and throw his phone against the wall, smashing it into a million pieces like other wrestlers have done Oh, this gee. week. Wait, what, what happened? Is that is that reference lost on you? Yeah, what happened? Uh, I'm going to talk for a bit about something else and you just do a Google search for Jimmy Havoc. Oh, <laughs> we'll right. talk later. Okay. Uh, right, in the meantime, I want to talk a bit about some stats that are brought to you by our friend, friend of the show, Chris Samsa, who does uh, great work. He's got his own website, which is Sport of Pro Wrestling, and he provides stats for Voices Wrestling. He provides stats for uh, Kevin Kelly, the commentary booth, so a guy who really knows his stuff. He's on top of all this data. And he came with this fact that uh, this was published a couple of weeks ago. To this point in 2019, New Japan has run... 201 events, 1,087 matches with 860 unique teams and competitors, only four three-way matches and one four-way match, which I thought was interesting because I've seen all of those three-way matches and four-way ma- uh, four-way match this year because they were all on uh, Wrestle Kingdom and Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, here's something interesting. Most winning pins. Uh, this is like a quiz. Who do you think has got the most winning pins this year? Um... I think we we do we well winning pins. Can you give me a hint, junior or heavy? If I answer that, it will give, give it, away. it away. All right, so then I'm, I'm going to say three junior. shots. I'm going to say ELP. Nope. All right, winning pin. 
Second guess will be William. Nope. Fuck me. Uh, is it somebody that I should know? Just think of people who work a lot of multi-man tag matches. Right. How about Sonata? No, you're close. Uh, top was Shingo with Shingo. 45. Wow, okay. Yeah. Second place, Naito with 36. And third place, this will surprise you, Chase Owens, 35. Yeah, you know what? He, you know, In those, in those um, multi-man tags, he does pick up a lot of those pinfalls. That, but yeah, it kind of goes a little bit under the radar. Ah, good for Chase. Good. A lot of package pile drivers. Good job. And another one that I just wanted to mention, which I thought was really interesting. This is in-ring time in New Japan singles matches this year. Easy. you got to be able to say who this is. Yeah, I mean, it's either between Will or Okada, but I'll go Okada. Okay, it's Will. Will clocks in at 11 hours, 21 minutes, 35 seconds. Wow. Okada... Eight hours, 25 wow. minutes, 49 seconds. So there's a three-hour difference. Osprey has spent three hours longer in singles matches in New Japan than Okada. And again, just so we're clear, we're taking the, the matches that they're actually in, not the amount of matches that they have. We're taking the average of all those matches. Okay. No, wow. the total match length. Okay. So wow. singles matches, Will Osprey has been in 11 hours, 21 minutes, and 35 seconds worth of singles matches in New Japan this year. Well, he's in everything, though. You know what I mean? I mean, yes. does that? I mean, that's three-hour difference. Whew. Fuck. Yeah, he's a workhorse. I mean, thank God he's taken off for World Tag League. Um, and from what we understand, he, yeah, it kind of worked out well that he did. Um, wow, that's you know, there are people that have mentioned that before. Um, even in our Discord, where it's like yeah, they would mention the, the fact that I, I guess it kind of falls back on that too much will narrative that you hear a little bit. Um, I mean that the data is there, it kind of speaks to that. So, wow, that's a, a lot. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Who do, now? Who's 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 putting this together again? Give give let's give. This credit. is Chris Samsa. You can follow yeah. him on Twitter at the Chris Samsa. And check out his website, sportedprowrestling.com. Yeah, there's always like I love those kind of little stats, and I love those that the the analytics of sports. I'm, I'm, I dig that. So um, yeah, it's a great job there. Nice that, and, and a good site too. Um, he does a lot of stuff for uh, voices, right? In general, that's uh, right. Yeah. Nice. How did we hook up with him? I mean, how did the how did, he just he found the podcast, Damon? Is that what it was? He just fell out of a yeah. tree and fucking. Uh, and, and there he is, like an apple, like an apple falling from a tree. It's amazing, isn't it? That we just there's so many talented, smart people that just come into people's lives. It's wonderful. Great job. All right, good job, Chris. All right, uh, let's move on then to talk about New Japan Showdown. So this was a show taking place in the San Jose Civic Center, Saturday, November the 9th. Uh, first thing I wanted to say about this, Damon, right off the bat, how awesome were this crowd? Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Look, we have joked a little bit about smaller shows, New Japan not having a good look, blah, blah, blah. You know, let's get the big arenas. We, we're not going to beat that horse. If, if every crowd is like this, I'll take it. This crowd was fan 
fantastic. I'm applauding every person in that building in San Jose. Uh, they did a great job, and they made and and they made a show that was good. I enjoyed the show a lot, by the way. Uh, I thought it was really good. They made it even better. So um, the old idea of a crowd can't make a show, well, that is wrong because this one is a perfect example of a crowd that was up for everything. Every they like like everybody they were up for. Um, they were there to have a good time. They knew all the spots. They knew. You know, it was a great crowd. I, I, they made, they helped make the show. So if 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 we're giving a, a a score for a show, and I'm saying it's a good show, they helped make it a really good show. So that's the that's the best I can say. I'm sorry, I I am reading this um this phone situation with Jimmy Havoc, Jimmy Havoc and Excal- Excalibur getting uh, getting heated. Um, and he threw the phone. Ha- Jimmy Havoc threw the phone. Terrible. All right. I, well, listen, it's a little alcohol, I'm sure, was involved, right? Yep. There we go. So you were drinking at a party. I've been to that Jimmy Seafood, by the way. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Did, uh, did you get choked out by any play-by-play announcers? <laughs> Me and Kevin Kelly with the blows. Started swinging. He could kick my ass. I think he could kick my ass. I bet he could. I bet you he's he's learned a thing or two about, about in, in pro wrestling to take care of himself. I want. I he seems and he seems like one of those guys that's um, like nice and and friendly and kind and and smart. But if you get on his wrong side, he might fucking lose his shit. So yeah, yeah. He's got like a snooker ball and a sock, <laughs> leather glove full of pound coins. How do you know? How do you know it's coins, Joel? <laughs> Oh, JR. All right, uh, let's get on. Let's, let's get back on course here. New Japan. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's a red-hot crowd. Everyone felt over. It looked great. Good setup. Good production. The only thing that was a slightly weird was the blank blue mat without the <laughs> logo on it, which is always slightly jarring. Um, uh, JDM says, how did the San Jose Civic venue come across on World? It had good views and acoustics. Seemed in good shape in person. Lots of hotels. Heavy metro area near freeways. Food and airport for access hangout, just under 3K capacity. I thought it looked really good. It looked professional. It looked like the kind of show that you would see. Uh, it like, looked like a Japanese venue. The sort of venue you might see on like a, you know, a new beginning night one or a, you know, Dontaku or a, uh, I don't know, Kizuna Road. That, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I, th- I thought the venue was like built for pro wrestling, it felt like, you know? Um, with the sight lines, um, they kept mentioning that the sight lines were great, not a bad seat in the house. Um, and it looked it. It reminded me a little bit of uh, the venue in Lowell um, where they had just that one balcony, but it felt like it just you, – you were – you hung right over the ring. Um, I liked it. I thought, and, and I think the crowd came across really strong on TV. Um, no, I, I cannot do anything but praise – that San Jose crowd. And if you traveled in, I wonder how many locals versus travels. Um, if a lot of people traveled for that show. I know there were a few. I don't know if the Liger stuff was enough to get people to get on a plane to go. Um, our friend um, Esteban was there. I know that because he texted me from the show. So, uh, You know who else was there? Who's that? Dave Meltzer. He blew off AEW to go to this show. Ah, well, he's local. He lives right in that area. Um so, yeah, I mean, if, look, 
you got to go. You got to go to that over, especially Liger's last fucking match. And, and if you're in San Jose and, and you're a, a New Japan fan and you didn't make it to that building, shame on you. Um, yeah, he, he uh, uh, I did see snapshots of him with his notebook in attendance. So that's good too. I'm sure he got all the scoops. Uh, also interesting, we had Tiger Hattori on commentary, who was good. I did struggle to hear him at times because he was so quiet and the crowd was so loud. But you could tell Kevin had obviously done a ton of research to get the best out of him. What a pro. But uh, yeah, interesting to have Tiger on board there. Yeah, he, um, I mean, again, he's not meant to be a color commentator. Um, you know, he's, and he even mentioned he was nervous and, you know, uh, you know, and as as anyone would. So again, I... Look, I was, I was happy to have him here, have have him here, have him there, and to at least share some stories and you know kind of add a little, little. <laughs> Included the, the he, he confirmed the Hiro Matsuda story. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. That was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, talk about a guy like if you could pick his brain um, and get stories about pro wrestling. The guy's been through it all. I mean. I talked a little bit before about Liger being through it all and even, you know, some of the backstage stuff during the most, you know, troubling times at, at New Japan. Um, Tiger Tori probably has some fucking great stories. And he's always out with, with the guys. And he's, uh, you know, he's the liaison for a lot of the, the foreign talent coming over to New Japan. Like, he's got, I guarantee you that, fuck the Kenny Omega book. I, I want to read the Tiger Hattori book. That's the book I want to read because those are the stories <laughs> that, that, that I think would shock a lot of people if they ever came out. And also sticking with the commentary, just a little throwaway line in the middle of the show from Kevin Kelly. We're not here to gripe about the officiating. Just chef kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is the greatest. Kevin is the fucking greatest. Uh, again, little, just little, uh, <laughs> little digs. Uh, I, and I will say this about that situation, just real quick. It's amazing how, where, like, if you listen to him now, and I'm talking to about good old Jr. Uh, and again, things change; people get older, medical, all, all the things in life that that you know are what they are. I watch a lot of the Mid-South. I watch a lot of the UWF. It's one of my favorite promotions of all time. And and just the and even like early WCW stuff. Um Jim Ross was fucking great. I mean really just tremendously great. Um and I just I I never really thought he got anything past that. Um Yes, he's iconic WWE, but I don't. I I really feel like he was at his peak. That that mid south UWF early WCW stuff was just unbelievable, and and for years I kind of wanted that guy back, and for years it didn't feel like I got a lot of that. So that might be might might have been a conscious choice, but to me those were his best years, and now he's uh, it feels like you know he's he's an icon and, and a star and. A lot of respect and all that stuff, but uh, those, boy, oh boy, if I could turn back the hands of time and have that Jim Ross as opposed to the physicality guy <laughs> um, and complaining about people not covering people right and stuff like that, just uh, I would love to have that JR back. 
Let's dig into the matches then. First match was Ren Narita defeating Alex Coglin in 7 minutes 43 with Narita special number four. I thought Coglin really stood out here. It's just this absolute powerhouse with his big chops, slapping Narita in the face, his huge gut wrench uh, powerbomb. And, and all the time he was doing these huge power moves, like just destroying Narita. He just had this expression in his face like he was like doing the clearing up at home, like washing the dishes, just like really kind of methodical, just like, yep, and now I'm going to toss you halfway across the ring. I, I was just I thought it came across really well in this match. Um, Look, there's no doubt in my mind that if you take these young lion matches and you uh, compare them to any other undercard, uh, young lion equivalent matches, um, these would blow them away. Again, they're just technically so sound and crisp and everything means something. And, and you know, there's really no reason why anyone would normally sit there and get excited over an opening match between, you know, I mean, Young Lions. And <laughs> but they but, but we do and we are. Why? Because of the way that they're presented, the way that they deliver and and. It helps people follow their careers and 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 get behind people. And look, there's we've said it a thousand times. There's there's no other to me to me, and I think to a lot of people. But and I think I can safely say there's really no other training ground, dojo, whatever you want to call it. There's really nothing better than the way that New Japan grooms their their young talent. There really isn't. Um, and the proof's in the pudding in a match like this, where, again, they're asked to do six to ten minutes, uh, fall somewhere in there, and make it compelling, but don't do this, 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 keep it basic. And it's great. So I, I, what else could you want? Oh, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, what else could you ask for in an opening match between two young Lions? I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. And they're talented. And I, you know, I'm sitting here waxing poetically about two young lions. But at every every show, it's this. And if New Japan doesn't do anything right, it, they, they do this so fucking well. Moving on to the second match and a truly historic moment in the history of professional wrestling. Uh as the United States says goodbye to the legend that is Jushin Thunder Liger. And Damon, what more fitting way to do it than, let me check my notes. Um, Colt Cabana pinning Aaron Solo in eight minutes, one second with a Superman pin. Jushin Thunder Liger's final match in the United States concludes with Colt Cabana pinning Aaron Solo in eight minutes with a Superman pin. Damon, Damon, <laughs> am I smoking crack? What the hell was this? I am. I was so excited for Saturday. I I got on the Twitter box and tweeted out a picture that I took with my very own uh, Discman camera, developed and saved throughout the. I don't. I don't have pictures of me in in school. I have none. I have a picture of Jushin Liger from 1992 that I took. Excited for the day. Looking forward to seeing his final match in the United States. Because if you look back into his history, Joel, as I'm sure that you love to do, there have been many, many great matches on U.S. soil 
that Jushin Liger has taken part in. And I've traveled this country. When he would come, I would do my darndest to find him, go to the shows, matches. You know, Again, a who's who of performers and performances here in the United States. Over and above that, Joel, I think Jushin Liger was a gateway for countless people into Japanese pro wrestling, New Japan specifically, but then people might branch off into All Japan or Big Japan or uh, Michinoku Pro or wherever their lives and interests took them. I think a lot of people can use Jushin Liger as the launching point in the United States to their Japanese pro wrestling fandom. Over and above that, Joel, arguably one of the greatest pro wrestlers of our lifetime, if not ever, and dare I say, the greatest, most influential junior heavyweight of all time. I've been to many, many retirement ceremonies, uh, banner raisings in sports, retired numbers. I've been through, I've been to a lot, been to a lot. And sports teams usually recognize and and pay tribute with uh, ceremonies that are fitting for that person who's going to have their number hung in the rafters. Now, if Jushin Liger said, hey, you know what? I want this match. I want to wrestle Toriano and Colcabana in the tag match. Fine. That's what he wants. That's what he gets. And if that's the case, then this is all for naught. If not, this was, hands down, the most fucked up thing <laughs> I could possibly think of to honor a person who, again, is having his last match on U.S. soil. I understand that the Tokyo Dome is going to be pomp and circumstance. I understand that it will be a fitting of the career of Jushin Liger. I'm going to say that this match was in no way, shape, or form fitting for the last match of Jushin Liger in a pro wrestling ring in the United States. From, from opening Nitro with Brian Pillman and the few that they had for that junior title beforehand at the Meadowlands and, and Atlanta, uh, again, the guy the guy has wrestled just about everybody in the United States. And again, I'm not saying these are the greatest matches of his life, but to 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 have that be it, and all the, I mean, no, no, Tiger Hattori got a bigger ceremony right? in, in, in Hammerstein than Jushin Liger. It did in San Jose. Again. Could it be that Liger was just like, eh, you know what, let's just kind of low-key this? Maybe. Seems like he might be that kind of guy. It just felt very weird that the company that this man has worked for for countless years was sent off in that fashion. It was understated. It it was not fitting. And I felt, I felt like that the moment deserved more. The fans there did a great job trying to make it more than what the company gave. Standing ovation, bows, all well and good. I just thought, boy, there could there could have been a little bit more ceremony um, fitting for that moment. 
and it was and when I was hugely disappointed by that. They dropped the ball on that one. Oh, sorry. Even if it was Liger's idea to have this match, if I'm in charge, I'd be pulling him aside and going, no, I'm not having that. You're having a singles match. Get in there with fucking Amazing Red or, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you could, have, you could have a tag match, but just, I don't know how, give him a fucking plaque. Give him a fucking ring. Give him something. I don't know, a trophy, something fitting. People, it's his last match in the United States. And I know that we say that in air quotes because pro wrestling, it almost never happens that way. But I really feel like it is. And if that's it, I mean, Mexico, when he went to Mexico, they had all the dance. I mean, a little bit more pomp and circumstance. I don't know. Joel, I, 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 was, I was really disappointed in this. Um, again, he, he doesn't have to go out there and have a 12-star match. I'm, that's not what we're saying. What I'm saying is, is that the promotion owed him a little bit more than what was delivered in the ring as a last as, as what everybody was billing as his last match in the United States. I thought it could be a little bit more fitting to a guy as influential and important to pro wrestling and New Japan pro wrestling. Again, this is not like Liger went to some, you know, indie show in San Jose and and they, you know, this is the company that he's worked for for his whole entire career. I, I don't know. I just and again, who is largely responsible for people my age and even younger getting into Japanese pro wrestling. He's the, he's a, he's a big part of that. I don't know. I just felt a little flat. Not a little flat. A lot flat. And I was really disappointed that that was it. Third match was El Desperado and Minoru Suzuki defeating Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks with Suzuki pinning Fredericks in 9 minutes 56 with a GOT-style pile driver. Crowd red hot for Suzuki as they always are. And I thought there was really great chemistry between Suzuki and Spicy Carl. Crowd seemed really into that. Uh, Suzuki getting the win and then <laughs> picking up Carl and giving him a slap for good measure. That, that was fun. And he looked like he was having a good time out there. And I don't know about you, David, I really felt that Carl Fredericks came across as the star in this match. He was like front and center with all of the interactions and he's just got that swagger about him that you don't often see with young lines. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and he, t- he took his life in his own hands a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting getting some shots in on Suzuki. and uh, Yeah, and again, even though he didn't fare well in, in exchanges with Suzuki, it does plant little tiny seeds that the guy has the, the, the guts to, to stand up to him, right? Um, Suzuki's, yeah. When he when when he comes out to a to a crowd that hasn't necessarily seen him often, they just they just love and they salivate when he comes out, and he has control over the crowd, which is pretty amazing too. Uh, just just his his demeanor and his aura, um, and I like the fact that it's young lines that's that are that are in the ring with him, um. Again, you, you they might not have the opportunity to do that too often. Um, and anytime that they can get in the ring with guys like that and maybe learn a thing or two that they're able to take away, I think it's a positive thing. I liked the match. I thought it was fine. Uh, but yeah, it was. It, they did have a. It was worth the trip for them. They got to. Uh, they got to beat up on some young lions and take out some frustrations, which I'm sure they enjoyed a bit. 
Fourth match, we had TJP, Juice Robinson and Tomohiro Ishii defeating Bushi, Sanada in Evil. Juice pinning Bushi in 11 minutes 58 with the pulp friction. And Sanada, very, very popular with this crowd. So let it not be said that he is a star only in Japan because all the times he's come over to the West, he's been treated like a star. He's got a really good reception from uh, British fans, from American fans. So I thought that was worth mentioning. And I just wanted to say that Juice Robinson, just so much fun here. Uh, just some really little co- comedic moments, him getting outsmarted by Sanada at the start. And he wasn't able to do the kip up. Um, I like seeing this LIJ team. Let's not forget this is a former six-man champions. They, I think they used to hold the record for the longest reign. And it, Juice picking up the win here, maybe being heated up for either a World Tag League run or maybe a big Wrestle Kingdom match. And I enjoyed them, TJP and Juice, trying to get Ishii to celebrate at the end. But Ishii wasn't having it. Uh, Juice did his Bushi impersonation with a mask, which I thought was really funny. TJP out there looking like he was having the time of his life. Just generally on this show, I thought it was really great to see everyone out there having fun, enjoying themselves. It's hard not to get caught up in that. And I thought that really came across in this match. I agree. I agree. And I do agree um, that it does seem like uh, Juice is on the hot plate getting warmed up. I think World Tag League will be big for for that team. And again, I, I going rewinding a little bit, I, I, again, Colt and Yano, a tag team in World Tag League. I, I mean, again, we're we're putting that we're we're making sure they go over and you know, to uh, and and not Liger's team. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, Juice, I think is uh, I think Juice is in for a very successful December and January, and we'll leave it at that. Next match then was uh, the fifth match. Rocky Romero, Yo and Hiroki Goto defeating Jado, Taiji Shimori and Kenta. Rocky picking up the pin here over Jado in 11 minutes with an inside cradle. Uh, but this might have been something that's been going on for a while, but I only just noticed it in this match, which was Goto's entrance video now having him jogging down the beach in LA <laughs> instead of the waterfall thing. <laughs> and Tiger Hattori saying that Rocky's music is better than his wrestling, which um, I don't know if that was supposed to be an insult or not, or maybe he just really loves Rocky's music. Uh, Ishimori's got a new mast and it does appear right I'm just gonna put the brakes on Shibata watch for now because based on this <laughs> Scampi's, Scampi's ab- like no <laughs> <laughs> no he's Scampi is all on board with Shibata watch yeah. but to me just based on this match it does appear that Kenta versus Goto is the direction just based on this match and commentary pains to point out and I quote Shibata no longer an active wrestler and um, I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Because it seems like if Goto Kenta isn't the direction, then I mean they've got to have a match at some point, just based on all the build, right? Yeah, you would think, right? And and maybe last week it was us just getting wrapped up in a moment and getting wrapped up in all. It's, look, it still feels looking at all these different points throughout. Kenta's heel term, that Shibata would be the would be it, right? Uh, and again, his physical activities and his physical involvements in matches has everyone, you know, excited and wanting. And and again, there is a strong argument for it. What I will say is this: is that yes, Goto and Kenta is the safe. And the logical 
and the uh, of course we're going to go that route. The shibata is the is the ghost pepper. <laughs> the shibata is the uh, it's what we really want. It might not what we really need, but it's what we really want. Um, yes, it this match again. If, if there's an element where Kenta can play up, it's, he's going to play up to Goto in this match. Um, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on some hope, and I could be dead wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care. Um, I know what I want to see. I know what would be amazing if we saw it. Again, logic dictates Goto. My passion for pro wrestling. My excitement, my want, my I, I, if it happens, it would be great. Such a great moment, obviously, is is with a Shibata uh, match at Wrestle Kingdom. Will it happen? Look, probably, probably not. But can we dream? Can a little boy dream? Can a little boy have some hope? It'd be amazing if it did happen. Also, Goto always delivers when he's in these kind of spots at Wrestle Kingdom. So I have absolutely no problems with Goto having a big never match because, you know, you look at the 2017 match he had with Shibata. That was amazing. The 2018 match he had with Suzuki. That was amazing. So uh, even if it is Goto versus Kenta, I'm sure that's going to be a terrific match either way. I, so, and uh, I will, I'm, and I, I'm yeah. sorry, and I will say this. If it is Goto, you know Shibata will be in the corner and you know Shibata will get some type of revenge on Kenta. Right, you know that they're walking out hand in hand, Goto and Shibata, after an ass kicking on Kenta, where Shibata probably lays in a PK, probably puts him to sleep, uh, probably does a drop kick in the corner. You know, it's not like we won't see Shibata in the ring in some capacity, getting some type of revenge. That I think is a definite if it's Goto. Uh, maybe not a full fledged match. But I'm sure we'll have moments where pops the crowd, gets it over, gets some gets some revenge on Kenta, and away we go. I thought it was interesting in this match that it was Rocky that picked up the pin, and then him grabbing the ref and rolling around with him. Um, I don't know. Do you think that was just to you know have a bit of fun, or do you think there's more to Rocky getting the pin here? Once again, I mean, it's not much a super high profile match, but um, he's you know. I mean, here's the thing. You gave a number for Chase Owens, right? What was it? Third most get you know getting pins. Um, yeah. Where's it? Where's it got Chase? Right? Chase. You know, I wouldn't say Chase is is on the uh, the Mount Rushmore of New Japan yet. Um, Rocky picks up wins, and when he does, they seem to be. Like really great pro wrestling moments, right? In this in 2019, there are there are a few mo- rocky moments that are going to stand out above the rest, right? ELP match at Kuorkin, Rapongi match. Um, so there are moments that that Rocky is very good at playing that dare I say under uh, underdog character um, in matches. And getting wins, it's memorable. So at least he has that. So I don't know if it means anything other than 
he's a good guy to give you those memorable moments. Okay, sixth match was the British Cruiserweight Championship match with El Fantasmo successfully defending against Sho in 20 minutes 23 with a CR2. Very hot start from Sho. Uh, I'm not just talking about his smaller, tighter trunks. I like the story they were telling here with El Fantasmo working over the back. So we've got a bit of continuity going with Sho's uh, matches in recent months. And it was quite funny when he was doing the forever groin stomps to have a little dig at Rocky. And then just later on in the match when Sho just went mental and started suplexing the bejesus out of El Fantasmo. That was great. He did about like three sets of rolling German suplexes. And then El Fantasmo did a tribute to AJ Styles by insisting there was a mechanical fault with the plane. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing here. He did a Styles Clash, uh, which got an This Is Awesome chart from a small pocket of fans, which really annoyed me. I'm like, come on, really? Is that how low the bar is for awesome, doing someone else's move? It's like, you got to have higher standards of awesome than that. Um, so after that, El Fantasma did a Kenny Omega tribute by making some vague accusations about a former employer preventing him from getting a visa. Oh, no, wait, I'm reading the wrong notes again, Damon. I'm so sorry. I meant to say... He did a V-trigger. Uh, then he tried to do a one-winged angel. I mean, I've ranted about this enough, but come on, dog. Get your own moves. I just eye-roll very hard when he does that. I thought there was a great payoff to the back of show story by him being unable to land the shock arrow later on in the match. And then we've got a uh, ref bump. We've got Ishimori and Yo getting involved. I was not that into it, but the crowd absolutely on fire at this point. Show finally hit the shock arrow. The kick out after Kenta Sato hit the ring really got the crowd. Like they thought that was the end of it. So I was getting carried away just by how hot the crowd were. And I also enjoyed Alex Coglin very tenderly carrying Marty Asami to the back. In a, it was like a straight out of an officer and a gentleman. Um, I thought this was a decent match. I liked it, but I can only go so high on it with all the ref bumps, the interference, the belt shots, the dick punches. The hot crowd did help, but. You take that away, and it's just the usual shit from El Fantasmo. So I can't keep getting angry about it, Damon, because this is what he does. This is what you're going to get every time he has a singles match. It's like getting mad at a baby for shitting itself. But just in my opinion, there's a hard ceiling on El Fantasmo matches because of this. So same old shit from ELP, but great performance from show. I thought it was outstanding here. And you know, we talked about it last week. The junior division's got... Great depth, a lot of future promise with guy, you know, Hiromu being back. We've got Sho, we've got Yo, we've got um, Del Desperado, who I think is in line for uh, big single stuff next year. We've got Robbie Eagles. So I think a lot of really exciting talent there. And this helped to solidify my enthusiasm about that. Um, El Fantasmo being a, a complete shithead did help lift Sho's babyface qualities. And I think Fantasmo is like a, a dickhead gatekeeper, would be a good spot for him. But I just think he's pushed way too heavily for my liking when he relies so heavily on the same irritating tropes in all of his big matches. I will say this. And while, yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you, you said. There is one thing, though, that I really appreciate about ELP. And that is the fact that he is true to life a heel. He doesn't try to be cool guy heel where he's playing this tweener role He's, he is all in on being an insufferable dickhead. I I can appreciate that. That he is a heel. There's there's no one else that to me on that New Japan roster 
well, maybe maybe Kenta, but maybe for a little bit of different reasons. That is just pure, straight ahead heel, right? He's not playing to the crowd. He's not trying to be cool guy heel. He is a heel. Um, and it's amazing the, the reactions that he gets from people who not only new fans, not only middle-of-the-road fans, but fans who have watched pro wrestling for countless years, the absolute hatred that he brings out in those people. And it's kind of funny to me because, to me, he's being a heel. Now, again, there have been times where, again, we kind of felt like, oh, you know, with the kids and all that. But, you know, if you look back at the tapes, we've been doing this for years in pro wrestling. Um, Does it take me out of matches that are good? Yes, but I feel like that's why we're doing it. Like, that's the reason why we're doing it. We're in it. We're and it's that um like there's no other guy i can't say no other guy but but there are a few that take you on such an emotional journey in his matches and i'm not trying to sell it as uh he's you know the the he's fucking terry funk but what what he is is he does take you on a ride of Oh, this is a great match. Oh, here we go. Oh, and again, we'll use show as an example. Here comes show, fire it up, ready to go. Oh, he gets fucking hit in the dick. Jesus Christ. Right? And that and that that's a heel. You're he's making people dislike him. And I think that's that's a good thing. Um I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I I, I don't get a lot of the hatred that ELP gets. And I know that he's going to get a ton of votes for least favorite wrestler, right? I know he is, and and I'm going to giggle at every one of them because I'm because because I'm going to say, well, he's doing a real fucking good job because I really feel like it's part of the entire ELP package. Yeah, I I hear you, and I think there's something to be said about it because I mean, to me, it's just straddling that line between. This guy's a knob, and I want to see him lose. And this match is boring. I don't want to watch it anymore. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, that is a del- that is a difficult line to straddle. I I, I get that. Um, again, you don't want it to be. Oh, grab the remote, fast forward. I, I think his matches, like I really enjoy his matches. I I don't I don't I'm, I'm it's not like one of those you know God situations you know early God specifically. Where you're just like, oh, heel bullshit. I gotta fast forward through this. You know what I mean? I got I, I just gotta fucking skip. I can't I can't waste my time watching this. Um I don't I don't get that with ELP. I, I, I actually and especially him and Ishimori. I think they, they play off each other very well. So no, I mean, uh I, I get where people can get frustrated with that. I don't know. I I kind and then this is odd for me because it's because it does fall into that bullshit nonsense. We don't want fucking uh, a lot of shenanigans in our matches, but f- for this, I don't know. There's just something about it that I I find it endearing, knowing full well that that's what he's trying to fucking do. Okay, well, I'll be interested to see when it comes to our end of year poll how 
what what side of the fence the Super J cast listeners come down on it because I think he's a very divisive, controversial figure, and uh, other opinions are available. Uh, JDM says had the chance to watch live in San Jose. Show was absurdly over with this US crowd. From Damon's experience on the East Coast tour, could show successfully headline cars for New Japan of America next year. I, I'm telling you, I've said it. And I'll say it again. I think Sho is one of those guys that are going to be a cornerstone down the road. Um, the the biggest challenge for a lot of people is is you know height, and I think people can get over that at, at, in 2019. So he could. I would have no problem with it, and I think in the future we will. Uh, I think Sho is going to be a cornerstone of this promotion. All right. Seventh match was the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match with Lance Archer successfully defending against David Finley. 30 minutes, 10 seconds with the EBD claw. Who would have predicted this as an exciting, anticipated match? Imagine me telling you that two years ago, Damon, that you'd be looking forward to Lance Archer versus David Finley. Uh, I enjoyed the little pre-match video package where they just seem to be making up words. Euphoric, spelt with an F, and demonicic. Demonicic? I thought that might have been Donovan Dijak's new NXT name. Uh, Debbie Chan has got new music. He's got new gear. What did you think of the presentation of Finley? I thought it was good. Um, I don't know if it's if it was enough. Um, I, again, my biggest here are the here are the positives. I like the fact that the match was good. I like the fact that the match was long. I like the the fact that they gave them time to to do what they needed to do to get the story of the match over. Um, I didn't expect. Finley to win, and I would have loved to have seen him come back and kind of build momentum, get some wins early, build for World Tag League, instead of putting him out there to 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 be a loss to to Lance. That was my biggest challenge, but I already knew that going in, right? Um, I like them both, and I think both of them... Well, again, look, I think World Tag League is going to be a lot of... Let me let me pump the brakes. I think the World Tag League is going to be a nice showcase for Juice and Finley. Uh, and we'll see how they turn out there. I think they'll go far. Um, but I like the fact that right out of the gate, we're giving them, what was it, 25 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? Um, that's good. I like the match. Uh, no, it was only 13 minutes. Only 13? I thought it was 20. No, 13 minutes? Hmm. Oh. oh. Well, that's that fucked me then. Um, <laughs> I really it was only thirteen minutes. Yeah, I I thought it was the right length though. I didn't. It, it told the story it needed to tell. It did, but why did I? Th- hmm. is, I mean, is it a good thing that I thought it went longer? <laughs> I I think it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll, I'll get onto my thoughts on it when you're done. All right. Then that was a. Okay. I I could have sworn it went twenty minutes. All right. Well, fuck me. Uh, but no, I, I now, now I'm like, did I like the match? <laughs> I guess I did. But I, I again, not to harp on it, but I thought I thought it went longer than that. But okay, 13 minutes. The one thing I really liked was at the start when Lance Archer made his entrance and he was punching the young lions in time for the everybody dies punch uh, during the drop, which I thought was really funny. And yeah, similar to the last match, got a hot start from Finley. Just really cool spots here. Archer swinging Debbie Chan into the guardrail. It's amazing looking Tope. Uh, refusing to do the chest slap for the crowd. 
which just again is, I I like those kind of heel touches from Lance Archer because he's mixing it up. It's not like a checklist of shit that he's doing in every single match. Uh, I joined one person in the crowd shouting, nice brave motherfucker at him. Uh, Finley did a terrific job here, uh, him turning inside out for the Lariat. The whole match, he was bumping, making Archer look like a monster. I like the rope walk into the moonsault. That just looked amazing. Yeah. Just unbelievable balance and athleticism from Archer. And this is what I mean. There's little twists every time he wrestles. He changes things up to keep, it, keep us guessing, keep it unpredictable, keep it fresh. He's introducing new moves like that turning splashy dude from the ropes. And he works the crowd like an absolute master. He's just the top of his game right now. And Finley was great here as the babyface underdog. I thought there were some terrific near falls like the inside cradle after Archer pulled up Finley following the blackout. The chokeslam reversal into the stunner, the, the prima nocta was great. Really got the crowd behind him. And Finley, he always delivers when he gets the tap on the shoulders. You, you look back to that Jay White match that he had uh, challenging for the US title last year. Um, I hope he gets lots more taps on the shoulders. He, he's never going to be a big singles champion, but as an occasional challenger or tag champion, he's your man. Um, I really love the finish with the, the sliced bread being reversed into the EBD claw. Lance just grabbing his face, smashing his head into the mat. It was so brutal. I love this match, Damon. It was exactly what it needed to be. They didn't go 50-50. It didn't go too long. We didn't have Finley pushing Archer to his absolute limits. It's 90% Archer brutality and dominance with a few exciting hope spots thrown in for Finley. And like yourself, I would love to see Finn Juice go on a big tag run. It was interesting that Archer directly addressed John Moxley. That could be a possible Wrestle Kingdom match. You'll have to watch this space, keep an eye on the World Tag League Finals to see if Mox makes an appearance. But uh, yeah, this is exactly the sort of match I want to see in New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. It's two guys who normally might not be doing much on a Japanese tour, but they got a well-built, meaningful program with exciting matches that are featured prominently, given enough time in front of hot crowds who are going to eat it up. I've changed my mind on this. I don't think you need to give dream matches stateside. You just follow this blueprint and you're good. And you can make really good use of those those mid-carders, the secondary, the tertiary titles, US title, your never title, Rev Pro titles, tag titles. Take your pick. And this is exactly the sort of stuff I want to see. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Let me ask you this. For the past year, we have been on the Lance Archer bandwagon full bore we we are we are driving that train uh, uh, an outstanding and he'll be in the mix for most improved i'm sure year end awards coming soon is there any reason that you can think of why new japan is hesitant to lock him down to a two year deal I don't get it. I, uh, unless it's complacency that they think he's, other companies aren't interested because I can tell you that's not true. Right. I mean, you can be damn sure that other companies in the States would love to have a guy like Lance Archer on their roster. I, I have no idea. I'm scratching my head. It, uh, one of our listeners, JDM, actually asked Lance about this at the merch table. He brought it up to him and Archer just shrugged. Wow. This guy's holding a belt. He's got no contract. It's weird. It's, 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 it is weird. Like you would think that they would learn from their mistakes. Like they have done a, like, I don't understand this idea and this philosophy of let's build up guys and make them stars, but not lock them down. 
I don't know if that's a business philosophy. I don't know if that is a, I don't know what that is, but it seems very strange to me that you wouldn't have a piece of paper in front of him saying, okay, let's, let's, let's lock you in because he's not locked in. <laughs> How was he not? Um, uh, I mean, again, he's exactly the sort of person you need for that new Japan pro wrestling of America. You would think. And in general, you, I mean, aside from Fale, name me a guy that size that can perform that well, right? And again, Fale, I don't think can perform like Lance Archer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, name me another monster that they have on that roster that can, that can be that tough, ornery gatekeeper for bigger titles and even win bigger titles. They don't really have that. Like, I just think he fits perfectly. Again, his G1, I think, proved it. This this U.S. title I, will help prove it. This match helped. Uh, again, when we was in, in, in Boston, in Lowell, and Philly, and, like, he he felt like a star. Uh, look, I, I can't I, – I, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. I mean, unless they completely are lowballing him, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to sign. I'm going to, I'm going to," or maybe Lance is saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to play the field and see, see, you know, what what kind of negotiation power I do have." The only thing I could think of that might be a negative is well, two things. One, the back, but again, the back. You know, his his post back surgery is better than his pre back surgery. You know what I mean? So I can't I can't say back. The only thing I can think of, unfortunately, maybe is age. Uh, but even then, it's not like you know, you know, it's not like a bushy's a spring chicken. You know, uh, I don't know. I I I wish I I wish I ha- I had an answer, and apparently he doesn't either. Uh so I would strongly suggest New Japan waking up and putting a piece of paper in front of him so that we can lock Lance Archer down because uh, he's doing some pretty great things for your company. Live Face 2 asks us on Twitter, what do you think of Archer versus Mox Wrestle Kingdom? I think you could uh, safely, uh, if you're writing out a lineup for your Wrestle Kingdom, let's just say, um, let's just say, uh, how do we say this, Joel? Uh I wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, I would not be surprised. Next match on the show, we have eighth match, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito, defeating Chase Owens and Jay White. Naito pinning Chase in 50 minutes 37, following the Destino. We had a crying Naito fan in the crowds. Uh, and to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Naito is a huge star. Jay White getting white hot heel heat. And I did like Naito ignoring Chase Owens completely. That was funny. But it was noticeable here that Naito worked a really intense, serious style that makes me, for one, excited for Wrestle Kingdom. Like when he started drilling Jay White with the elbows and screaming, like really visceral squeals, that was some good shit. Great character development. I want to see him bring that fire to the dome. Um, you know, my headcanon for his motivation in this is that moment at the end of Wrestle Kingdom 12 where... Okada beat him and he's slinking off to lick his wounds, but then Okada just can't help himself and he grabs that mic and he's like, Naito-san, how was the main event for you? And he 
you see Naito's face. There's just that flicker in his eyes. Like he wants to just jump back in the ring and fucking murder Okada. So in my head, Naito's been replaying that moment in his mind for the past two years. So that is what, to me, again, I'm just making this story up myself, but that is what is starting to come out in his matches here. That just really aggressive, serious, like, I've got to do this. Like there is, it's my destino. There's no other way for it to happen. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that in this match. Also, a quick hat tip for the package pile driver, which has been so well protected as a finisher that when uh, Chase Owens was sort of on the verge of hitting it, the crowd were buying into it because they knew, oh, if he lands this, that's the end of the match. So again, I think New Japan does a really terrific job in protecting finishing moves, certain finishing moves, so that even the tease of them gets the crowd on the edge of their seat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. That's always been a staple for New Japan, right? Protecting those finishers because, again, even like we bring up bad luck fall, you know, you get them up in that bad luck fall and you're not able to wiggle, wiggle your ass out of it, you're, you're eating a pin. Um, and the fans react to that. And it's just about educating and training the fan base to to react to that. I wanted to bring up um, something that you mentioned, like specifically with the young lady who was uh, in tears, excited. Overseeing uh, Naito. You know, we sometimes get a little uh, laissez-faire. Is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, when it comes to the the Western shows. and I saw that. And I was like, you know, that person is having a moment. Where quite possibly, and again, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. I'm kind of just... Go, but let's just assume that a lot of the people that are were in San Jose could make it to San Jose, but they can't travel to Tokyo and they can't travel to Osaka. And for them, this is like you know they're banned coming to town. Um, and they and 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 that's special for them, and they get that taste of a New Japan, an authentic New Japan show. That again, maybe they can't afford, they can't travel, they can't make it. It's you know, I feel very fortunate in the sense that that I I have been able to, and and I am able to, and I, and but every year I count my blessings, and and when it's booked, it's like wow, I it fucking <laughs> I fucking did it again. I can't believe it. Uh, you know, um, so that I don't know if if if, if touched me. Is, is the word I'm looking for, but it was it was nice to see that person get so excited to see someone that obviously she's a huge fan of. Um, in that moment, like that that I don't know why that that hit me the way it did, but I I really appreciated the fact that that person had that moment. Um, so good, good, good. That's pro wrestling to me, right? To me, that's that's pro wrestling um and it's and it's no different when your favorite band comes to town or um you know uh an actor is is in a a theater production that comes to your town and you finally get to see um i i don't know i just that connected with me more even more than the match did uh, i just remember that moment being like oh good 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 for that person they 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 got their moment good job and main event was Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada defeating Amazing Red and Kota Ibushi. Okada pinning Amazing Red in 50 minutes 35, falling a Rainmaker. 
Will Ospreay came out with his sex pick. What did you think about that, Damon? Look, I... Once again, I, I don't give a sh- I mean, I can't say I don't give a shit, but it's like... Like, Will on Twitter, I don't care. I, I don't... I, I truly and honestly 100% don't care what he tweets. 99% of it is just nonsense. Um, except when he responds to you. <laughs> um, I don't know what... I mean, I, I, is, it, is it a play off of the Daryl, the cat? Is that what he's doing with the, with the pig? Is it a little, I have a stuffed animal too? I think so. Is that is that wetting your appetite for this WrestleMania match? No, it's not. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It doesn't really doesn't really check the box for me for uh, for building a match. But look, I I know that there are many people that that find that element you know appealing. It's not for me. Um, I I I don't care about sex pig. I don't care about. I I just don't. It just doesn't do anything for me. Um, it, I don't hate it. I don't like it. It's it's just not on my radar. One thing I thought is always amazing, Damon, how the crowds in the states they never felt to they lose their fucking minds for Okada every time when that coin drop hits, everyone goes berserk, and I love that because you think like, oh, they're going to this part of the states again, or they're you know oversaturating the market. People are going to get bored of it. Judging by this. That's not true yet, anyway, because Okada just felt like a megastar here. Uh, other stuff I thought was notable, Osprey working heelish. He was attacking Amazing Red after the handshake, so he's leaning into that. He knows he's going to be the heel in the Hiromu feud. And he picked up a bit of a shoulder injury after doing a handspring. So from what I hear, it's not too serious, but he just needs to take it easy for a while. So uh, good job he's not wrestling in the World Tag League, in the tournament at least. Uh, there was a funny moment with Okada motioning to himself an amazing red going, TNA! Uh, Okada <laughs> was very exuberant here. He was, he was a bit goofy today, but in a fun way. Uh, there were him and Ibushi corpsing at the end when they were having a little face-off with the IWGP heavyweight title. And he said, basically, that if he wins, he's ditching the IC title. He said he's going to win and come back with a heavyweight title only. And he was also making fun of himself backstage uh, about the fan vote thing, which, of course, he was the one who set up in the first place for the double titles. Uh, and he said backstage, who asked for that fan vote, which I thought was fun. But uh, yeah, decent, high-paced, action-packed main event here. Yep. I loved I loved the main event, actually. I thought it, it was um, fun, fast-paced. Um, yeah, I'm, and, and you're right, Okada. Just, <laughs> he just has an aura. Like, even in the, you know, when we were talking about that, uh, that interview segment where um, it didn't go over very well. Uh, I mean, he was the star of that. You know, you could just tell this the aura that he has, and the fans recognize that. You're right. I don't think that 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 it's a situation where oh, we we've killed this area. If if that that crowd is by any judge of 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 that metric, again, we're not talking about a full basketball arena. But again, there there are times when when I'd rather have that type of crowd in a building for a show like that than than a half-empty basketball arena any day of the week. So, again, we put over the, the crowd. We put over the fans during uh, this show, and I think they helped make a, a good show a great show. And I just think, top to bottom, this bodes well for New Japan of America if they can keep running interesting shows like this in smaller venues, but, you know, close to sellouts, 
hot crowds. I mean, to me, this is proof of concept for New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. They're not trying to get people to fly over from all across the country. This is like the equivalent of a, a destruction in Beppu show or a stop on the G1 tour or, or whatever. They're, they're basically trying to do what they're doing in Japan. And you see little things like, you know, getting sponsors on the turnbuckle pads, which is always a good sign. So if they can find... More venues like this that look great, they can fill them up enough so that they look good on TV and everything's looking natural, they create that that big time important aura in smaller venues, then this is going to be a success. Yeah, and financially stable, right? And, and, and you know, we're, we're, as long as these are profitable and they're able to um, not lose money on these shows, then yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think this is what we're, we're in for when it comes to maybe one, Big show, maybe two, um, but then yeah, in between tours, something like this. I think this will fill a nice little gap in in, in the New Japan calendar. Just sticking with the comments Okada made, and speaking of this tournament at Wrestle Kingdom, seems to be from some circles of fans a bit of a backlash to it. People are fired up, Damon, on our Discord, on Twitter. A lot of arguing, a lot of passion about this tournament. Some people think it's great. Some people think it's been badly executed and, and bad for their favorite wrestlers have you had any more thoughts on it and you've had a week to digest it i like it still i mean i'm still excited um i i like the fact that we're going in we're all you know all of us have opinions on on which way it can go um again the the build for it mm, it's you know it's been a long build let's be honest it really has. Little seeds have been planted for a while. Again, I think that they fumbled the ball when it came to power struggle, that, that closing bit. That, that, that was a fumble, right? But at the end of the we have it's, – it's November 11th. November 11th. We, got, we have a good, strong month to go. More than that. More things will happen for a build for this match. I like the idea of not knowing who's going to win. I really do. I like the idea of on the fourth, we've got four guys going into Wrestle Kingdom that, quite honestly, any one of those four could win. They really could. They've been put in that position. Now, everybody's going to be like, oh, JY's eaten four or eaten two losses, and Oka- you know, um, uh, Naito's winning. And Okay. That would be the safe way to go, but there are pl- any one of those four guys could walk out of that dome with the title, any one of them, and I like that idea. I, I like not knowing. I-, I really do. Everybody's everybody's kind of saying it's Naito. We know this company. I walked into that dome many times, thinking this guy's going to walk out with a title, and it didn't fucking happen. Don't be so sure of yourselves, people. Don't be so fucking sure of yourselves. Uh, because I've lived it. Uh, no. I mean, again, aside from that fumble where we have plenty of time to make up, I, I, I actually like the idea of it. I really do. I think it's going to be fun. I don't think this is going to damage the Intercontinental title as much as people want to believe. I really don't. Um, I think at the end of the day, it, it'll, be, it'll be a really fun two days of pro wrestling. That, that you know... That's what we want, right? Isn't that, isn't that what we want? That's what I want. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've been, I think, just pat myself on the back. I've been one of the first people to be banging the drum for this mini tournament. I love it. 
I love the double champion thing, so I'm all on board with it. But uh, I just want to acknowledge that there are people out there who are not so keen on it. Uh, Speaking of people not so keen on things, let's talk about the World Tag League. Uh, Teams have been announced for that. So we have Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, Evil and Sonata, Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi, uh, a team that's been dubbed by our friends uh, Kuni Saito as Ugly Tomo. So I'm going to be calling them Ugly Tomo from now on. Yano Cabana, uh, Jeff Cobb and Mikey Nichols, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. Of course, we know them as Dangerous Techers. Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley. Togi Makabe and Tomaki Honma. A great Bash Heel being reunited there. Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Kenta and Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, Ten Koji, Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hinare. Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi. Hiroki Goto and Carl Fredericks. Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owen. So that team, uh, Kuni Saito is calling it uh, Area 51. And Shingo Takagi and Terrible. So those are the teams. Um, Some notes here. The 2011 winners were Archer and Suzuki. Maybe not a lot of people remember that. So eight years later, they're having another crack at it. Um, Wondering who is going to take the pins in that team. And Colt Cabana and Jeff Cobb are the only people on the tour from ROH. I don't wouldn't necessarily say that is a sign that the ROH New Japan relationship is still in good health. But uh, there you go. We do have some ROH people on it. And of course, Terrible, um, appearing from CMLL and teaming with Shingo. So a lot of debate, a lot of discussion about this World Tag League. There was a really funny tweet from our friend... Joe Gagney says, uh, 2018 New Japan fans. Tag League is always a drag. Maybe a single elimination tournament this year. New Japan, 14 teams, single block, 91 block matches. 2019 New Japan fans. So about this Tag League, New Japan, 16 teams, single block, two more teams, 29 more matches, 120 total. So yeah, it's going to be pretty heavy duty, this World Tag League. And a lot of talk about what the problems with the Tag League, how do you fix it? What are your thoughts, Damon? It's a lot, a lot of matches we're going to have to review, Joe. Or, or, or let me ask you this. Are you ready for this? Every <laughs> that, single one of them, Damon. We're going to review every single uh, one of those fuckers. Fuck it, Christ. Oh, and preview them all as well. We're going to preview all 120 of them right now. Oof. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, it's going to be... There's, look, there's going to be plenty of moments where matches are good. I think we're going to have a lot of good. Um, but it is going to, this is going to be the, the, like, if you're in it, if you're, if you're in it to watch these, this entire tournament, you're going to get plenty of, uh, okay matches, lots of, uh, you know, not bad, but this is not going to be, this is going to be G1 in length, but it is not going to be G1 in girth. That is for sure. Uh, it's going to be a struggle. I'm not going to lie. I cannot sit here and tell you that I'm excited for 120 World Tag League matches. That's for sure. Um, you want to? You, you, what do you want to do? How do? How do you want to work this? Are we? Are we going? Are we actually going to review these shows as they go? Tell me now. Tell, 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 tell me no, now. No, no. What I did last year, I, I, you know, I'm not going to sit and watch all the shows unless I'm incredibly bored. 
And if people come to us with recommendations, hey, you need to check out such a so-and-so match, then I'll watch that and I'll tell you to check it out and we can discuss them on the show. But this is just a, a tricky situation all round because I understand the function of the World Tag League because you've got to give the top stars a break. You need to fill a month of shows. You've got to give the rest of the roster something meaningful to do. You've got to establish your tag challengers who aren't already penciled in for singles programs at Wrestle Kingdom. You've got to stop you protect your big names from taking a lot of losses. So it is tricky, and I understand why the World Tag League is there and what the issues are with it. But it's, the, the problems go deeper than the World Tag League itself. It's just the booking of tag team wrestling and the tag division in New Japan in general. Yes. You need a proper tag division with established teams. Uh, and how many long-term teams are there? There's like two. There's Gorillas of Destiny and Evil Sonata, who are singles wrestlers most of the time. So there's no quick fixes here. You, you've got to have this huge glut of aimless mid-card wrestlers in meaningful tag programs throughout the year. You don't just wait until November to start pairing them up because there's plenty of guys here who could be having proper tag programs, not necessarily for the belts. Give me a little undercard non-title tag feud to open up uh, you know, these shows like you know, Kazuna Road or, or Destruction or whatever. It's laughable that at this point, you know, we have teams like Hiroshi Tanahashi and Hanare, right? Like, we know Tanahashi's booked. Right? He's going to be doing other things. Uh, the, the idea of star and guy taking the pin. It's like, we've done, we do this every single fucking year. And it's like, oh, come on, people. We got it. just, and throughout the year, you're, look, I'll tell you flat out right now. The fact that there are no juniors involved in this tournament kind of is like, oh, I because they had a a, a, a a wonderful tournament. Yet again, Nakanishi's tens. You know, it's like why why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Again, it's it's it feels so much like like honestly, if World Tag League were between six teams. This would be so much better. Eight teams. Eight teams, single bracket elimination. This would be so much better, wouldn't it, Joel? What do you do with the rest of the people then? I mean, I, oh, I do cares? like the way... I, no, I, I think it's good that you give everyone something to do and let them be a part of it, but just make it two blocks then. Like, <laughs> we don't need to be everyone in one block. Six, six teams... Eight teams, single elimination, away you go. Look, no half of these teams, no one – the problem is no one – what's the best part about pro wrestling? Not knowing, right? Not knowing who's going to win, okay? A lot of these teams, you're just like, okay, I mean, we, even though they might get a surprise pinfall over this team and a surprise – it's it's – you know where it's going to come down to. You know who's booked for Wrestle Kingdom. It's a, it doesn't take a fucking brain surgeon. We do it every year. Oh, I just hate the fact that that uh, look. Maybe maybe this year it'll be the greatest ever, and 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 we can we can say, oh my god, what an exciting tournament. Show of hands. Are you really? Is anybody excited for this? And on a scale of 1 to 10, even if you are excited, what are you, 
a five, a four? I don't know. It just, I again, I understand why we do it. I understand the the, the means to the end. I understand. To me, it's just it's, I I I I my brain turns off, and I just want to get to Wrestle Kingdom. I just want to get to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and you're not alone in that. But uh, I'm excited because I'm going to fill out my little spreadsheet with the data on who's picking up the pins, who's eating the pins. A little hints at maybe what to expect in the future, maybe even for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, some other interesting points. So our friend Kuni Saito, 92, you can follow him on Twitter. He made a little table. He broke down the match orders to find out which teams are being featured higher on the card than others. Uh, so no surprise that Evil and Sonata have the most main events, the, the highest spots on the cards. Uh, second place, uh, Gorillas of Destiny featured very highly. Then it's joint in third place between Dangerous Techers and Ugly Tomo. And then in fourth place, or would that be fifth place, then uh, Finjuice. So those are the teams that have been featured prominently uh, in terms of their positioning on the cards. Uh, I think it's also worth looking at the matches they've got penciled in for the Karakuen Hall main events uh, for an idea of who's getting featured heavily here. So we have um, Sonata and Evil versus Three Blend Shingo. That's one of the Karakuen main events. Another is Finjuice against Dangerous Techers. Another is Sonata and Evil versus Dangerous Techers. And another is Ugly Tomo versus Sonata and Evil. So again, Sonata and Evil featuring very heavily in those crack on main events. And I think those four matches that I mentioned will be good ones. Those will be ones to keep your eye on. Okay. And All right. The, okay. 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 So, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. You, mm-hmm. you just named six teams, right? Six teams right, right there. Everybody else can go do multi-man tags throughout this entire tour. You can have Zach, you can have Dangerous Techers, you can have uh, Juice and Finley, you can have G.O.D., you can have Evil and Sonata, and then two other teams. Why can't we do that? Because everybody else, I mean, is, is are, are, you know, they're there. They're just there to take you know losses, be middle of the road. But those are the teams that people think have even a remote chance. Just put them in a single elimination tag tournament. All right, well, let let me put it like this, Damon. If you were given, let's say, Nagata and Nakanishi versus Honma and Makabe as the opening match on a World Tag League show, that's not part of the tournament, you're not going to watch it. As part of the tournament, you're not going to watch it anyway. So what difference does it make? (laughs) It doesn't make any difference whether their guys are in the tournament or not. You watch the matches you're going to watch. If you want to view this tournament as just these six teams playing against each other, you just watch those matches. It doesn't make a difference whether these the the bullshit uh, undercard matches are in the tournament or not. I like them being in the tournament because I like the data. But you're not going to watch them either way. So it doesn't matter. You're going to watch the matches that you're interested in. Okay, but why give me something? Why try to sell me something that is important and try to give me, you know, a, a package that's important when two thirds of it isn't important, right? It's like the FA Cup in England. It's open to anyone. Right. You, that's you why I don't watch your the fucking FA Cup. Deposit- <laughs> you know, you got your preliminary rounds with all these pub teams and university teams facing each other. Most people aren't watching it, but it's right. exciting for the people who are into it. So uh, there you go. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, very good. Whatever. Next. <laughs> All right. Well, the interesting thing is there's not going to be a clear-cut final. It's not going to be first place versus second place as it was in the Super Junior Tag League. It appears that it's just whoever's got the most points at the end of the tournament wins. 
So if we look at the final night, we can maybe make some predictions about this. So the final night is going to be December 8th in Hiroshima. And the two matches that are stood out to me that make me think these could be decisive, we have uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi against Guerrillas of Destiny and Juice Robinson, David Finley against Evil and Sanada. Obviously, we don't have match order yet. That's going to be determined on the day, presumably, uh, depending on how the points stack out. But just looking at those two matches, give us predictions, Damon. Who do you think is going to be standing tall at the end of this tournament? Because you think surely it's going to be one of those four teams, right? Yeah, yeah. So what is it? Is G.O.D. against who? So G.O.D. against Ishii Yoshihashi. And there is something to say for Ishii Yoshihashi because... They did face each other at destruction and we have this long-term story with Yoshihashi having never won a New Japan title. So, you know, maybe they pick up the win here and then you have them challenging at Wrestle Kingdom where there's something at stake, the possibility of Tacos winning a belt. Or we got uh, Juice and Finley against Evil and Sonata. I think Juice and Finley get, get a surprise win uh, because if, if we pencil in Sonata, possibly talking about British title. Evil, I don't know what exactly we'll do with, but I'm sure we'll find something interesting for him. Let's give Juice and Finley a little bit of a, a, a shot in the arm. And then uh, I'll go with... Uh, I'll actually go different and say G.O.D. wins, which sets up a final of G.O.D. against Juice and Finley. No, no, this is my point. There's no final. It's just oh, who, oh, whoever's top oh, at the end wins the tournament oh, okay. and will presumably challenge G.O.D. Right, okay. Yeah, that makes it a little bit different. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'd like to see Juice and Finley in that spot, but I think logically, Hashi, Yoshihashi and 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 Ishii in that spot makes the most sense, getting the most points, challenging for the titles at the dome. That makes the most sense to me. I like the fact that we're not sure. There's no clear-cut winner, which in previous years it's been pretty obvious that Evil and Sonata are going to win. At least that was my uh, remembering of it anyway. So, yeah, I think there'll be some interesting matches to watch. Just keep an eye on those matches that we mentioned. Uh, so, yeah, right, those are our predictions. Um, some questions about this. Uh, JDM is asking us a ton of questions. Uh, if they oh, want to okay. give the Stars a break, couldn't they at least use the tour to build younger guys like Hinare and Finley? Giving them a few pins would at least give them more credibility, even if Ghetto settles on a rehash Wrestle Kingdom tag title match. KSJ49 on Twitter says, should we watch the tag league or skip it and watch our favourite New Japan matches of the year? <laughs> and uh, the Wizard on Twitter says, will you be running down all 121 matches for World Tag League? Oh. They'll make you do that if there was a New Japan style dojo for podcasting. I'll tell you what, instead of the fucking ghost pepper, give us a hundred bucks and we'll do every fucking, we'll do every, every match. I'll give you a breakdown of every fucking match. Um, I think, I think that in World Tag League, you'll have just what was described there of, of, of some of the guys who might not normally get pinfalls throughout the year getting pinfalls. Um, I think that might be a good, good idea to do that. Um, will we be reviewing everything? I'm flat out. Probably not, but again, we'll we'll give you the best bits. Will I be watching everything? I'm going to watch as much as I can. Let's put it that way. But but fuck, I I, I got to be honest with you. I got a life. I can't I can't fucking sit around watching watching nonsense. Um, what was the third part of the question? Um, yeah, that's it. 
Oh, okay. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> oh, yeah, rewatching matches of the year. Instead of oh, yeah, we should. Oh, here's an idea, just uh, to change the subject. Um, Nicole did suggest to us the possibility of doing uh, some sort of reflection on the decade, because it is the end of the decade. And I said, you know, as a newer fan, I can't really speak much to what went on between 2010 to, you know, 2016. But it's something worth keeping in mind. We've got to start watching the re-watching of Match of the Year, but also it's a new decade. I mean, we have pretty much our entire month and post you know and, and pre wrestle kingdom and between the year end awards wrestle kingdom build um yeah that might be something we do like after wrestle kingdom like do that little little decade stuff uh, to, to remind people of, of the goodness that was in uh, the end of the, this, the the end of this decade and the beginning so, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good idea, actually. Please no one steal that. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right, let's dip into some questions then. Xavier says, what are Damon's thoughts on Carl Frederick saying that 80s sucked? So who sucks? The 80s. The 80s. The decade of the 80s sucks. Eh, yes. I, no. I mean, that's that's it didn't suck. Um, it was great, actually. Um, if you lived it, you had a, you had great. I mean, you had. Uh, I mean, I liked it. Let's look. I think that, <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Um, and I think even even now, there's like all all the kids are into the the uh, nostalgia and the uh, that, that kind of '80s sound and vibe and shit like that. So, uh, and a lot of the fashions come back, right? So look, it didn't suck. But but I will say this: when when I was in my twenties. Of course, I would say, oh, the 70s sucks, and that stinks, and this is cool, and blah. Everybody's done it. It's like it's not like fucking 20-year-olds invented this. I mean, everybody's done it. So um, it didn't suck. It doesn't suck. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. There's nothing that sucked. There's no decade that sucked. Every, every, there's good and bad in, in, in both. There's plenty of 80s shit that is just that shit, but there's really plenty of good shit. Um, and you could say that about the 70s, the 90s, 2000s, whatever. So, no, strongly disagree. A strong disagree. Mask Gaijin says, Damon, which Manchester band do you think is more important to music in general, the Smiths, Stone Roses, or Oasis? P.S. Thanks to the NWA, I can't get Dawkins into the fire out of my head. <laughs> that is good. NWA does that. I do too. Um, let's see here. Um, into the fire is great. What was the, um, what was the first part? I'm sorry. Uh, bear with me. Uh, which Manchester band do you think is more oh, important yeah. to music in general? Smiths, Stone Roses, or Oasis? Gotcha. Um, Smiths, because you wouldn't have Stone Roses. Smiths were indie, right, at the time, but the, their sound and their music and the, uh, what they were able to contribute in a short amount of time was massively impactful. Um, Stone Roses were like the first indie band to break out into some commercial success, um, which is helpful. And Oasis kind of took it to the, the, to the next level. Um, but I'm, again, if you didn't have the Smiths, you wouldn't have any of those other bands. So uh, I think the Smiths were vitally important. So I will give the nod to them. 
Base Collector 420 says, How long has New Japan been using the same graphics and art direction for the match intro cards and such? Tune into DDT and feel like theirs is a bit more contemporary. I wonder if New Japan might update at some point in the future. But then again, Japanese TV has been using the same aesthetic for variety shows since the 80s. Yeah. It's it's weird. You know, they still use fax machines and shit. You would think that they're like this high-tech, pew, pew, lasers everywhere, and it's fucking the future, and they're teleporting, and... And in some cases, it's really weird um, how – I don't want to necessarily say behind the times they are, but sometimes it feels like they are. Yeah, they don't do a lot of updating of graphics and making the shows like look and present fresh. Um, that is true. And let me take a look and see. Um, you know, graphic-wise or, or video p- production-wise. But I will say this. They do some of the best video production like when it comes to – um, like promotional videos and shit like that. Like I really like what they do, but no, uh, yeah. It, it, websites like Japanese websites are really weird and clunky and just not functional. And I don't know. It just it, there is this weird thing um, uh, about that. Yeah, they haven't updated it in a while. Michael CC says, if you were creatively in charge of New Japan, what would your Wrestle Kingdom 15 main event be? Which guys would you elevate slash use less prominently? Um, I mean, again, if, if I were to do things, it doesn't necessarily mean they, you know, it would, it would be good business-wise, right? Like, like, for instance, Bullet Club. You know, I'm not the biggest Bullet Club guy in the world, and I probably would have pulled the plug on that much, much earlier. Yet they're a money maker, right? They're they've they've helped grow New Japan Pro Wrestling's fandom by by a ton. Um, I would start with the tag team division. I really would, because I th- really think there's a lot of untapped potential and a lot of untapped gold there. And I just think it's something that's just just not a focus, and it's not something that they 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 have a priority on. Um, and 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 I'm, I I remember even just this past weekend I was watching a couple of matches. I mean, it was like Vader and Bigelow against the Steiners. You know what I mean? Like fucking Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow against the fucking Steiners. Great. And I just don't see that here. Um, so maybe that would be my first thing. I would I would focus on that. Second thing, I hate to say it, but I would probably get rid of juniors, and and just have it all mixed in. Um, I think in 2019, it's kind of weird that we talk about juniors. So um, even though again I, I talk about the junior title being my favorite title of all time, I would still probably find a way to integrate them. Too. And your main event for Wrestle Kingdom 15? Huh. Well, I mean, right now, with a, with a year in, it's between the same four guys that are at the top. So if there's anybody that I would elevate, I mean, who else? Who 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 would you take to the next level? Like, what what B level guy would now move up to the top rung to not make it stale? Right, having the same four guys at the top. To me, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Is it Will or is it Shingo? 
Shibata versus Okada, the rematch. Uh-oh. All right, let's get him medically cleared. Um, it, but but seriously, who is is there a B level guy that you would move up to A, and who would that be? Uh, Shingo. Shingo's got to be my guy, right? Yeah. To me, he's. He, I mean, to move him up to one of the, the four. I mean, Will is Will one of those guys? I don't know if he is a big enough draw for the Wrestle Kingdom main event. I need to see more from him that he can move tickets and sell out big buildings or, or come close to selling them out before you put him in a main event like that. We know in-ring he can deliver, but is he a big enough star for that spot? Yeah. Yeah. I guess Shingo would be my guy then. Yep. All right. Uh, Kirk D says, if you could replace one New Japan entrance music... With a piece of British pop music, which tune would accompany which wrestler at Wrestle Kingdom? <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, I would go with... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm literally just picking songs out of it. I'll say, speaking of uh, Stone Rose, I'll go Fool's Gold and... Uh, or have this. I want to be adored and I'll give it to fucking Jay White. How about that? I just want Zach to come out to his uh, mother by Idols. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. That is a banger, isn't it? Oh, that fucking song. That is a good one. All right. If we could do that, that'd be fun. I, I, I'd be all into that. Okay. Question from Loose Explosion Fart Cloud. Convoluted maybe, but if Hiromu wins the junior title, then faces Liger and Liger wins the title, would you be opposed to Liger winning and retiring this junior belt with Liger? No, never going to happen. I doubt it. Um, but I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, having him win that title at and then vacating it the next night, they're not going to do it. But, I, I mean, listen, this is my Liger bias coming through, but I wouldn't have a problem with that. Not just uh, vacating, but retiring the belt. So he wins it and then says, right, the junior division is no more. We're integrating everyone together. Yeah, I could do that. Um, and I and as much as I just said I would I would move the, the juniors in and kind of dissolve it, I don't think they'll do it. And I don't necessarily know if I want that right now. Soon, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's not going to happen. Mark says, do you guys think we'll see any Hiromu at all before the Dome? I'm hoping he's at least at a tag or something on the road to Tokyo Dome Tour. But I guess his first match back being at the Dome is the major draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in tags. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you leave him out of, out of the ring completely? Until Wrestle Kingdom, like have him his return be that. I think uh, so, because otherwise you're sort of diluting it, taking away from yeah, you're diluting that moment of him getting into the ring. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him like on a final night at Corican. I wouldn't be surprised if you see that. I wouldn't have a problem with that either. 
but yeah, I, th- I think you, I think you, you don't, you maybe not have him on every single show, but maybe one or two special shows. We'll see him. Um, I would do that. I'm just getting pounded from work. It's like they're annoying me to no end. So my 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 mind is in three places at once now, and you know how well I do there. So one more question, All if right. we could. Kyle says the discussion of finishes last uh, week reminded me of how much I hate Pulp Friction as a finisher. It never looks good and is often awkwardly reversed. This hinders my enjoyment of a juice match because I know a crappy Pulp Fiction spot is coming. Do you think juice should adopt, adopt a new finisher? No, I think it's, I think it's a, I mean, it's a juice standard. I don't think there's anything, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think he needs to adopt anything, uh, any new finishers. No. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I like the Pulp Fiction. I like the fact that it's reversible. I think that adds an extra layer of drama to it. Um, I think it's a cool looking move. Um, All right. Well, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, that'll be much appreciated and, might make me eat a ridiculously spicy chili next week. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use promo code SuperJCast to get 20% off and free shipping. You can join our Discord. The link to that is in the show notes. There'll be plenty of people on there talking about World Tag League, watching all these shows live, I'm sure. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast to buy one of our t-shirts. Thank you, as always, to Editor Dan. Visit his YouTube channel and on Twitter at EscapeTheBoxUK. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.